Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. Dr. Jay Calvert here once again on a very, very beautiful Wednesday afternoon with my astute and informative co-host, Dr. Millicent Ravello. Good afternoon. How are, are you? Are you feeling astute? I'm feeling so astute right now. Fantastic. <laughs> You're looking great as we just filmed a little bit of a welcome to the practice video. We did. I have my hair quaffed and my makeup overly done. I feel a little pancake drag queen, but you know, it's <laughs> That's good. not a bad thing. It's good. <laughs> it works. It works for the camera. That's, yes, that was it good. It does work for the camera. That's the whole point. Yeah. I did not get quaffed, nor did I get any makeup, <laughs> and I just went with it because... You girls were so busy down there between Jenny and Orla and you. There was there was enough makeup in there for everybody. I thought I just had to go, go with that. And you know what? It's fine. It's that age-old double standard, right? Yeah. I definitely yeah. – there's not a lot of help that you can do here. <laughs> it's a good thing this is a podcast. I think you look fantastic. Well, thank you very much. So I feel we are it. good to go. What we're going to talk about today is post-op rhinoplasty instructions for our patients. Yes, this is a big topic because for some reason, this surgery, more than many others that we do, provokes this anxiety in the patients over what are we supposed to do after surgery? It's so true. And the answer is not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. <laughs> just like, hold literally, still. not a whole lot. Just don't hit your nose and, and come back for your post op follow. Avoid the head of the bull mastiff <laughs> pet. Yeah, or the, or the infant child. Now, the infant childs go for the cast, oh. they go right for it. They just. Well, not even that. Their heads, especially those unstable heads. Oh, you know, you're yeah. holding yeah, your the, baby and all of a sudden snap. they just snap their head up and bonk. There goes your nose. Yeah, the head snap is, uh, that's been a problem for yeah. several mommies uh, yes. and, and some daddies. Yeah. I had a daddy yeah. take a head snap uh, on a uh, flight back from Las Vegas. <sighs> He's a, a, a rhinoplasty surgeon friend of mine who took a head snap to the nose, and we wound up in surgery that night for a closed reduction. Oh, So painful. if you can avoid trauma... You'll be oh, fine. I think other than that, change the gauze under the nose, sleep on 45, at 45 degrees with you know three or four pillows under your head, ice the cheeks down, don't put the ice on the nose. Uh, okay. That's, that's it. There you go. Podcast it's our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, and just to be, but to be serious, well, the, these are the questions that I get. Yeah. The frequently asked questions are: Do I need to put ice on the nose? No, you should not put. There's a cast on the nose. Ice on the nose isn't good. Then you probably won't feel it. You could potentially freeze the tip right. and give yourself frostbite, which would be a burn. That's bad. Um, so ice to the cheeks, ice to the foreheads. When it comes to, there's only one forehead, not four heads, <laughs> unless you have multiple foreheads. Some people have five heads. Five heads. Yeah. So then yeah. They, they need to bring their hairline forward for that. We have an operation for that too. But the, the ice should go on the forehead, since you only have one, and the cheeks, and that's perfect. You should change the gauze under the nose as it gets saturated. Right. We call uh, it a little mustache dressing. That's it's right. It's basically a little piece of gauze that goes under the nose, under the nostrils, taped up to your cheeks. And for the first 24, maybe 48 hours, you're going to have a little bit of drainage, some bleeding. Um, it's not a lot, but if it saturates the gauze or gets it dirty, just change it. No big deal. Um, if you're thinking about going into the vestibule, into the nostrils to take out clots or snots or snot clots, which is really what they are. 
that's fine. Just irrigate with some yeah. with some saline and don't go digging. Don't go digging. Because if you dig, you may get into the incisions. Right. So most of the time, you're going to have these splints inside your nose, which are these pieces of silicone that go into each nostril. They are open tubes, basically, so that air can pass through them so you can still breathe through them. But sometimes those openings get clogged with your snot clogs. So I typically do have my patients come back the next day or 48 hours at the latest, and I will clean clean for them and I'll take out you know the blood clots or whatever's clogging up the airway and then I'll say now you can do this yourself because fresh post-op I don't really want them digging in there but 24 hours later I clean them off then I let them either irrigate with some saline just right at the edge we give our patients these little saline sprays that you can buy at the drugstore just put it right at the end of the nose little squirt squirt tiny q-tip if you need to get any stuff out but again don't go digging just take what's right there at the edge and it helps also in terms of preventing that clogging of the uh, splints on the inside of the nose is to take Sudafed, yeah. uh, decongestant of some kind. Um, you can take Claritin D or Sudafed or something with a D um, that will decongest you. That'll prevent mucus production and really help keep the splints open so you can breathe through the nose. Right, right. Um, and then after that, it's pretty straightforward. You know, again, the ice, like you said, for the first 24 to 48 hours really helps with some of the swelling and any of the bruising. Sleeping with your head a little bit elevated, so on several pillows. Try and sleep on your back. You know, try not to roll side to side. Certainly don't sleep on your stomach. Um, the whole goal is just to sort of decrease the swelling. The higher you can keep your head up, the less likely you are to be swollen. Yeah, that's really the goal. Yeah. You, know, you want to heal faster, so getting the swelling down makes the difference. And you know, with open rhinoplasty, it it, it definitely swells more. Yeah. Um, we don't use packing. No. Um, we're not packers. So <laughs> like the the concept of everyone says, Oh, I heard the packing's terrible. Well, mm-hmm. we don't use that. We use what's called Doyle splints and they typically come out at either one week, two weeks, or three weeks. In routine rhinoplasty, it's one week. Uh, complex septal surgery, it's either two or three weeks. Right. And those are the splints inside the nose. You'll also have a uh, splint or a cast on the outside of the nose as well. It looks exactly like a, cla- a cast on the outside of your nose. It's that quintessential nose job dressing that you see walking around Beverly Hills. That stays on for a week. It's pretty sticky like it's pretty hard to get that thing off once we put it on it stays the only thing i tell patients is they can't get it wet if you get it wet there's a chance that it could come off so yes. you can you know you can wipe around it you can use makeup remover cloths little wet wipes kind of things around the face but you can't put your head you know in a shower no you can shower just don't get the don't get nose the cast, cast wet, wet. Yeah. um yeah and the other uh things that come up is can i wear glasses you can wear glasses on the splint after we take the splint off, we can give you the splint so you can tape up your nose. And I'll refer you to the Dr. J. Calvert nose taping video <laughs> on YouTube. But you can put the, the splint on and then put your glasses on the splint. Um, there are also some companies that offer uh, kind of store-bought nasal right, splints, splints that you, yeah. can, you can buy and wear. And we can refer you to those when you're in because the, the companies actually change pretty frequently. But uh, we think that uh, the key to getting your post-op care in rhinoplasty is to kind of lay off and take it easy. Take Nothing it easy. Nothing much to do. Don't do a whole lot. Don't go digging in there. Don't do any kind of really strenuous activity. Lay low. Be careful of the dogs, the infants, the small children, the doors. Just really don't let anything come flying at your nose. Don't walk around in the middle of the night with the lights <laughs> out. That's another class. Yeah, exactly. 
I walked into my wall because I was trying to get up and I was <laughs> taking my pain medicine and I couldn't see where I was going. And then yeah. I walked in the wall and now the splint's off and my nose is really, really crooked. Yeah. Nightlights. Get some nightlights. Trip back to the OR for that yeah. one. Um, these things happen. I, I, I can't make it up. I've had people really smash their noses in, in a bad way and it just is, it's awful when it happens. So be careful. Be careful. Because it's not, it's not like you, you know, if you hadn't had a nose surgery and you get whacked in the nose by a door or by your dog, not a big deal, a little bruised, maybe a little swollen. But after a surgery where we've already broken your nose, we've done septal surgery on the inside, things are where we want them to be, but they haven't healed there yet. So by whacking the nose during this healing time period, you can slide everything out of whack because it's not healed in place yet. So... After the splint comes off, then how do you feel about nose taping? I love nose taping. I tell, You're a fan. I tell all my patients to tape their nose. I usually tell them to do the nasal taping for a week, one to two weeks, all day, even during the daytime. And really? Then, yeah, I do. You're a daytime taper. I am a daytime taper because wow. I figure, why not? Um, why not? Why not? And right. then usually after about a week, I say, you know, you can transition to nighttime taping only. So two weeks daytime taping. I say two mm-hmm. or three days. Yeah. I don't know. I think I, I I do think that it looks better when you tape it. There's I no question. For the, the first two weeks, the taping absolutely. really helps to get the swelling out. It does. And honestly, I don't find that my patients mind it. I think they kind of like doing the taping. Like it gives them something to do to like feel like they're getting the swelling out, and it gives them a reason to not go back to work quite yet if they don't want to go back with tape. True. Or they can go back to work and be like all proud of the nose job they just, just got. Nose, you know, it looks great. <laughs> so I find patients don't really mind the taping. I, I think they kind of like it. Yeah. So the nose taping's key. Um, I I love nose taping. I think it really helps with the swelling. Yeah. It does show you kind of what the nose is going to look like when the swelling's out. Right. And it it's sort of harmless, you know. Yeah, other exactly. than some like very awful zits that some of my patients have gotten yeah. some pustules that you know maybe you should put a drain in them they're big enough for that but the uh that's about the only downside to it some people do get allergy to the tape yes i definitely have seen that that. is a problem that's a problem if you're allergic allergic to tape well then just don't tape but after yeah after the first week or so of taping then you transition to just taping at night um and then i know you use nasal cones i use nasal cones as well if i've done lateral curl repositioning in other words the cartilages that make the nostril shape then I tend to use nose cones. Another video on YouTube, (laughs) Dr. J. Calvert nose cones. Um, You can check that out. Um, But that really helps shape the nostrils. And it takes, these things are not instant. There is no, like I have a patient that 10 days after surgery is like, this is not what we talked about. I'm like, no, it's not. You have to heal the the rhinoplasty. If this is finished, then I'm finished. Then we have a problem. Yeah, it, it takes a while. Like what part of a year did you not understand? Oh, oh, that's right. You did say that. Yes, I did. And yes. so it does take time. These are not instant fixes. There's no operation that's an instant fix. No, no. There's they swelling. To, they there's, all need to it's heal. It's swelling. It's swelling. It's swelling. It's all going to come down. And I promise you that all of these little asymmetries that you're seeing will all resolve and get better with time. They resolve to a degree. There's a degree. no there's yeah. no symmetric nostrils. There's no. no symmetric tip. There's no symmetric nose. The the concept of symmetry in life with humans is is just bizarre. Yeah, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. I think we should put on our list of like, you know, nasal taping, head elevation, ice compresses. 
don't look at your nostrils. Yeah, don't, just, like, just don't. Don't. You don't need to be looking at your nostrils. No one else in the world is looking at your nostrils, like ever. Ever. <laughs> just, like ever. No one's like, I like her. But, but what those about those nostrils? nostrils? They're awful. <laughs> I mean, they're so different. Didn't she do anything about that? What's wrong with her? Yeah, no one's looking at your nostrils. She walk around like that. Speaking of asymmetric nostrils, I have the most asymmetric nostrils of anybody. And nobody has ever said anything about it to me except another rhinoplasty surgeon when looking up my nose for a septal issue and said like, oh my God, what happened to you? I said, I was born. And then I played rugby. That's what it is. And rugby did this to me. But for some reason, post-rhinoplasty patients oh my God, they're look fixating. at their nostrils so much. So like much. More than any other part of their nose. Like their nose could be totally perfect. They're like, oh my God, what did you do? I, I, how is this going to be fixed? I don't know what's going to happen to me. I can't go through life like this. I was like, you were going through life like that. Your nostrils were already asymmetric. Yeah. Typically, one nostril looks like an almond and the other looks like an Easter egg. Yeah. That's what I've seen. That, that one's like kind of Elongate, roundish and, yeah. and the other one's sort of like thin and long. That's almost it's like anybody and i've seen one person where the nostrils i think were really close to symmetric but it was weird yeah it was just it was kind of like oh my god i think your nostrils are really close to the but they weren't of course but they were really close but that's one person out of the over four thousand rhinoplasties i've done and probably i've looked at six thousand noses you know from people that just needed me to look at their nose but i don't know so after that, after the taping, after the nose cones, what else? What else do people need to know about their post-op rhinoplasty course? It's going to take a while. It's going to take a while. You know, you Primary rhinoplasty, three to four months before it looks decent, and you should get new headshots if you're an actor. Yes. Not at one month, because even at one month, people are like, oh my God, I love it. I was like, don't get it now, because no. it's going to look totally different two months from now. Yeah. I would mean, six weeks is my magic number for like... Mm, 85, 90% of your swelling is done. And I know we've said this before, two to three weeks when you're restaurant ready, people aren't going to be looking at you weird like you just had surgery. But yeah, three they months. They wouldn't look at you weird anyway. I got news for everybody. <laughs> Nobody looks at you. Nobody cares about sad, you. Sad, sad but yeah. true. The person who cares about you the most is yourself. Is you. <laughs> After that, no everybody else is so worried about themselves. They don't have time to worry about you. So true. They don't sit there and go, you know, let me look around and see who needs to be analyzed. They don't think that. No. They are so worried about themselves. They look at you like, okay, there's so-and-so and there's another person. And yeah. when, when am I getting done with work? And, it, and it's just, it's yeah. not on their mind. Yeah, it's not at all. But yeah, three months, primary rhinoplasty, three months, I would say you, are, this is more or less your nose, you know, what, what you can have and expect. But then it, the swelling comes down further. Mm-hmm. Skin relaxes. It becomes more like the preoperative skin. Right. Softer, moves around a little months. bit more. Yes. It's a 12-month process. Right. Agreed. People say, why is that the case? Because the way that wound healing occurs, and what people are, why is it so swollen? It's swollen because of inflammation. Inflammation happens due to surgical trauma. Surgery is still trauma. You're still taking things apart, moving things around. It's trauma. So you get inflammation inflammatory response, swelling, and then it has to calm down. Then you get wound healing, which includes deposition of collagen, all the things that make wounds heal. And it's not till nine to 12 months that cross-linking of the collagen occurs, which gives you the contraction of the skin. That is the very scientific reason (laughs) why this takes a year. It's not because we don't want you to talk to us in a year. We don't care what you're thinking for a year. We don't want to hear from you for a year. It's none of that. The reality is, is that's the way wound healing works. <laughs> it's been 
over and over proven by scientists everywhere. And if we could make it go faster, we would, but we can't. It's pathology and histology 101. It's just straight. It's so straightforward. It's the science. The science is why it takes a year. And that's the truth. And it it just, it it has to run its course. Revision rhinoplasty post-op is completely different. Yeah, Take those numbers and double them, triple them. Double, triple them. They take longer and longer. It doesn't look great for six months. And then it takes 18 months to two years. The, the healing of a, of a revision rhinoplasty is so different than a primary that they shouldn't even be considered in the same podcast. <laughs> no, not at all. Not they at they all. really shouldn't. No. Totally different. But we're going to consider them just for the purposes of this because I don't think we can do it. post-op instructions for revision, revision rhinoplasty, rhinoplasty also. It, the post-op instructions are the same, but it's just the amount of time to healing and swelling and post-operative results that are a little extended. And we do a lot of hand-holding for revision yes. rhinoplasty. It's a lot of anxiety, a lot of nervousness. That is all expected. We get it. That's why I give everybody Valium because <laughs> they need so sedation. Because <laughs> I don't know how else to get you through it. It's like I told you and they go, but you didn't say. I said, yeah, I did. Oh, you did, but it's so terrible. I'm like, I get it. Well, I think don't sign up unless you can go through it. It is a process, a process. that takes time. It is not... If you know it's coming and you can deal with it, then people get through it just fine. They go, I know. I'm going to get through it. I'll be all right. I'm going to go. And then they contour their nose with makeup. They do whatever they can. They just get through it because they know that on the other side of that 18 months to two years is the great nose. And if they're not able to deal with it, then they literally are on the phone with us and and saying, I I just don't know how I'm going to deal with this. And we send them to hyperbaric oxygen, which is another modality for Mm -hmm. reducing swelling. Um, we tell them to tape. We tell them we do differential taping. Sometimes we do steroid shots, which I really use less and less because of the problems that they can cause. It's just you have to get through it on the revision side. Yeah. It's yeah. painful. to. It's, it's, painful. Well, it's a lot of hand-holding, a lot of anxiety-provoking conversations. <laughs> but and it, we feel bad. Yeah, we do. We, we wish, it. We wish yeah. it could be faster. But that's why it's very important to listen to these things that we're saying read the materials, Yes. know what you're signing up for, be prepared for it, and then go into it. I agree. Anything else on post-op rhinoplasty? No, I, th- I think we got it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think we got it in like the first two minutes. All right, but if you have any questions, <laughs> give us a call. Until then, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director, me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496 and Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 West Cliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there is 949-640-1111. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rockspa was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, 
take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty. And if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery, but there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-777-8800, and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office. My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is 310-954-1355. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is rovelloplasticsurgery.com. We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.